0: guys before we get started follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter at launchpad pod on our website launchpadpod.com watch us on youtube hit us up let us know what's going on you know big shout out to all the people who have been letting us know what they've been watching the things that they like um i love hearing it so yeah hit us up we love it but today got some interesting stuff to talk about we got a comic book to talk about uh i watched a movie that I like, and um, Matt's going to help me figure out a problem. I got, I got a problem to solve. So Matt's going. Oh,
1: help. you need some. I need some, some advice, some I, some
0: sage advice from your roomie. I need some adulting. Yeah, yeah, how to handle a situation. So we're going to figure it out. Today's Launchpad Podcast.
1: Mission
0: <laughs> sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. We have a All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron.
1: I'm Matt. Matt.
0: And do oh, this, Ed.
1: and... Before we go further, I got to give a quick shout out and a quick clarification. All right. Okay. Um, You know, I like to do my art deals and I like to do my original comic art and I collect art and stuff. Oh, yeah. My email has my Launchpad podcast signature because the most professional stuff I do with my email is related to this podcast (laughs) interview. So all these poor nerds who are doing deals with me for art and stuff see that. And I would say at least once every big deal... At least one person from a big deal is like, oh, you have a podcast? What's it about? And then they look into it. And, you know, I we almost always get one long-term listener from every long deal that I do. Anyway, I'm in the middle, middle, in the middle of a deal right now. And I'm talking with my man, John Espinosa. And he goes, wait a minute. You guys are the ones that put the shirt, the skull shirt on Dolph Lundgren? the the deal I'm working with this guy is a Punisher art deal and he's a huge Punisher collector. Like he knows his shit. He's got some beautiful pages from all the way back. And he was like, I remember seeing that. And I was so excited because from my childhood also, you know, I always wished that he had the shirt on. So we're talking and he's like, Oh, I'm going to listen to your podcast. So, he and I have been sending lengthy emails about all this deal we're working on, but also about Punisher stuff and nerd shit in general. The relevance of Punisher now. Is it OK to like him in the era of school shootings and shit? So we've kind of been philosophizing about that stuff. Mm.
0: Oh, also in his co-option by hard right and sure. uh, yep. coward cops. Yeah. So
1: (laughs) we're talking about stuff like that. And he goes, Oh, I listened, you know, I went on a long trip and I listened to a bunch of episodes. And he tells us a bunch of episodes that he's listening to. And I was like, Oh, give me, give me your feedback. Let me know good stuff, bad stuff doesn't matter. Tell me criticism. He's like, No real criticism, but I'm not quite sure who Rumi is. And I started
0: laughing out loud.
1: He goes, at first I thought it was Aaron, but then I thought maybe it's a different person entirely.
0: And I realized as I was
1: reading that, it's been a while since you and I have said roomies who no longer live together. Like we tried to pepper that in every once in a while, but maybe we need to start doing that (laughs) because like our listeners from back in the day. know the deal. But if you guys have been listening and you don't know, we're both roomy. I'm roomy when he says it, and he's roomy when I'm saying
0: it. Yeah, we were just we're just the the collective roomy. Um we were roommates <laughs> just out of co- college. Like uh, when when I first moved to LA, I ran into Matt. I, I knew Matt from college, and he's like, Hey, um, my current roommates kind of screw me over. You wanna come live with me in Pasadena? I was like, Fuck yeah, let's do this. And the launch pad was born. But we, we called each other Roomy. It was just the ubiquitous name. I think I mean even among our friend group, people are like, oh, roomies. That's Rumi. Roomie. Yeah.
1: And people would like, I know multiple friends who, when talking to me about you, would say roomy. Yeah. But the same people would say to you, "Rumi," while talking about me. Yes. Your wife does it.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, your say wife hi to roomy for me. Rumi. <laughs> yeah. She was like, say hi to roomy for me. Um, That's funny, and I listen. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts in the car because I have like an hour commute to work, and um, I realize there's there's sometimes like this invisible person who's like the producer, who literally is just like never really is involved with the conversation, but every now and then they'll be like, "Oh, uh, you know, Sophie's n- not laughing at my joke." So oh yeah, not yeah be- like
1: on a, on a radio show, but like radio yeah. announcers and shit. Do that. there's yeah. there's
0: like a producer there who who they are like so maybe yeah they could think of Rumi is he the yeah, I guess invisible like, if you're if is
1: your new, right? If you're yeah. just listening to one of our things and we just throw it in there casually, it does kind of sound like, so I kind of understand where John was coming from, but just so everyone knows I'm roomy and he's roomy. It's just we, whoever's saying it. We're talking about the opposite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is that confusing? I don't know. I don't know, but it's not going away. So well, you he just said that and I was like,
1: it. well, he can't be the only person that's thinking that. He's just the only Hilarious. person that said it, right? So I don't That's know if that hilarious. helps set anybody else straight. I hope you still are enjoying it even if you don't know who the fuck we're talking about at any given moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you're cracking up, I don't give a fuck. You can think you can think there's like nine people in here. <laughs> 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 All right. Um so yeah, Rumi, um, where do you want to start? You want Rumi
1: Matt, just so yeah, right?
0: Rumi too. Uh <laughs> Where do you want to start? Do you want to start solving my 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 neighborhood problems? Yeah, uh, I'm my dying adult to problems? hear that because okay.
1: I I love you. You're a brother to me, and I want to do everything I can. So yeah, I want I want to hear what this is and see if I
0: can. Okay, so I I need to figure out how to solve this problem. Um, we have a new neighbor. They just moved in less than two weeks ago. They moved in like right after the fourth. Okay, and they have not picked up their dog shit since they moved in, and. I'm trying to figure out a way to approach this because at this point, I don't get the benefit of, hey, my name's Aaron. It's nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. I'm already coming at him with just like beef. And because of me being me, when I try to solve a problem, and part of what I'm very good at is anticipating all the branches, all the alternate timelines that this problem mm-hmm. could take. And right now, I'm stuck between him going, oh, yeah, sure. Sorry, I'll, I'll pick up the dog shit. or Peck and in level of violence. So, <laughs> like, should I, should I, should I be buying ammunition right now? Like, 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 is he going to have a tood with me? Like, already, already, like it's just escalating out of control. And, and, and I haven't even—I've never even seen this guy. And that's the other weird thing: I've never seen an adult at this house. The only people I've seen at this house is a bunch of children. So now I'm like. Is this some don't tell mom the babysitter's dead situation? I was situation? just going to
1: say, you're thinking of Sam Peckinpah. I'm thinking of don't tell mom the babysitter's dead.
0: Yeah. So I've only seen children. And, and usually I'm not going to go up and talk to children as a strange adult man. But the dog was literally in the act of shitting. And I was outside and I was like, hey, you're going to pick that up, right? And the kid looked at me. And I was like, your dog, are you going to pick up his poop? Yeah. Okay. And then she just looked at me and walked inside and left the shit. And I was like. Oh. okay i was like go knock on the door go knock on the door and i was like i can't go knock on the door right now like like again like that's coming onto their turf i want to catch him off guard when he's outside like doing something else and be like hey buddy what's going on pick up dog
1: you need a stakeout
0: then is what i'm well, trying to well i bought a camera and trained it on the <laughs> side yard
1: it's it's been two weeks and you're already getting audio visual equipment
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's that's go to one so then i have at least have photographic evidence of of this happening or photographic evidence that this is a hey, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead peter pan thing going on did next you set door. this up already the the camera and stuff yeah cameras cameras going right now I so check
1: do you it. already have video or pictures of um a grown-up in the never seen a grown-up shooting? no 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 still Just even on the footage
0: no it's all children there's no there are no adults there's a, i've counted and and, and more children keep appearing like it was just this little boy and now it's like a little girl and then i saw another little girl um so it's like more children keep appearing but like you need
1: adults to make little kids i know that for sure
0: not unless you killed them all. And now you're just living there pretending that you have parents. So when you said, I've
1: never seen this guy, I assumed it was a Salem's lot situation Yeah, yeah until yeah, yeah. you said there's a ton of kids. Now I think you're right. Now I think it might be, I don't, don't tell them.
0: And Kate's like, well, we saw that guy one night. I'm like, I did see an adult, but that doesn't mean they weren't just bringing an adult back to like, sacrifice no, that was a their, Michael like,
1: Jordan, cardboard cutout. tray. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every single night they play "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree," which is like odd. I mean, I can't knock it because that's a good Christmas song of one of the few. But like, yeah, man, they. um
1: All right, so here's something I need to understand, and I'm sure our listeners are thinking the same. You live in a house, not an apartment, right?
0: Right, right, right. And we have so a you shared have yard. your own lawn. Oh, yes. a shared yard. Yeah, our yard. How's that work? But there's no fence, so the yard just they're be behind pl- you. They're next to me.
1: Oh, I see. And that's where the shit is happening. But in yeah. no man's land between
0: in the no man's land in between where my child plays and where I mow the grass and walk and poop. Now, if you were
1: to measure that space and, and kind of delineate the middle, is it not just on their side?
0: Uh, it kind of is. But like when sh- uh, Sammy's running around in the yard, she doesn't know where the lot line yeah, yeah. is. And like, fuck that. Fuck that. I don't want dog shit lying around in the yard. Like, period. That's a shared yard. No, they shouldn't have any dog shit. So so here's what I have done. Um, I'm hoping they're listening because I put one of our pogs in their mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe they're listening. And and now,
1: can you please explain what the pog, I mean, I know people, hopefully everyone knows what a pog is, but can you tell what our pogs are?
0: So I wanted to make business cards for the first time we went to, um, San Diego comic-con and, uh, I made these circular business cards with our logo on as, as for those watching the YouTube can see, I got the logo up behind me. Um, yeah. And and I had it printed on these circular business cards on the front, it's the logo on the back, it has some information, website, and all that shit. And they're really fun and they're fun to throw out to people. And like when we at the end, like they we were had fun like
1: to literally throw at people.
0: Oh yeah. And like we played this game where we're like, cause at, at Comic Cons, at cons, you have these big bags that they give out that have to carry all your swag in. And we were like sneaking, sneaking the pogs into people's bags. Um, they're not literally pogs, but we call them pogs because that's are circular They pretty business. much look like pogs. And uh, we were sneaking them into people's bags. And on the last night we were at this like dance party and I was going ham and um, I just took like a, whatever I had left and like made it rain in the, in the dance floor and people like slipping. There on was a bugs. guy
1: like fucking um, break dancing in the middle. Like he oh, yeah. was and dancing just, like, and then he pop, left the circle pop, pop, pop. and this guy just break dance and Rumi just fucking made it rain launch pad pogs all over this poor guy. <laughs> 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 Please. If you guys got one of our pogs at comic-con and you're listening because of that Pog, can you please respond and comment to us and let us know you're a Pog listener. Yeah. (laughs) Those are called Uh, Pogateers. Those you're a -a Pogateer. If you, (laughs) if you are a listener from a Pog,
0: they're like, wait a second. That wasn't sponsored by San Diego Comic-Con. I feel lied to all (laughs) these years.
1: Launchpad Pog. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) That was all right. So, all right. So that was Go look at those pictures because I know we posted a ton of them. Remember we did that like Matrix,
0: yeah, that was Lime cool, right? Thing?
1: That, were, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so back to your shit problem.
0: Um, yeah. So I, I picked up the shit. I, I wasn't going to, but I picked it up. I put it in a bag and I put it on his step. <laughs> That's not what you do. Um, because maybe he'll get the idea that that. When was that? Today? That was yesterday. Any and today. Shit? in our recycling bin there was a bag of shit so maybe they got the message and picked up their shit kind of like passive aggressive to put it in my recycling bin but i will take it over just leaving it in the grass
1: (laughs) that's a step up then
0: yeah exactly
1: we had a similar thing well we had new neighbors move in next door to us and they were parked like the parkway like the space between our driveway and their driveway can fit two cars And me and Amanda each have a car. So we usually park a tandem in the parking in in a driveway. But then if I need to get my car out and hers is in the way, I pull it into the street in front and then I leave in my car. But these new neighbors were parking directly in the middle of that space. So they were using one car to take up two spaces. And the problem is everybody here has a ton of cars. So it's hard to find a parking spot. Yeah. So they were killing an extra parking spot for no reason. And I had never met them. So it was one of those things where I was like, fuck, I can't just go over and be like, hey, your fucking car's in the way because I never met you before. And that's kind of not great etiquette. So I eventually introduced myself first and then I let it go. And then the next time I saw them, I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? And it was fine. So I would say, you got to, here's what you do. And I, I don't mind throwing down when it's time to throw down, but for sure you win more or you catch more flies with honey,
0: right? Yeah, 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 No, no. That's exactly what I want. But I'm already. Make some cookies. I'm, make some, oh,
1: <laughs> make with some dog cookies. Shit? Or, <laughs> no, no, no. Make some cookies. You know, this isn't a problem, child. This is regular life. Okay. Make some cookies or a gesture or a muffins or a whatever and go over you and Kate, you and Kate and the baby and say, hey, we're in the McLeans. We live next door. So- sorry, we haven't said hi. We've just been crazy busy. We want to let you guys get settled. Here's some fucking cookies. Blah. Great. See and how that goes.
0: See, and then see what happens. Okay. So, so yeah, then you're
1: going to get, you're going to get dog shit with cookie <laughs> bits in it on the, on the <laughs> property the next day.
0: <laughs> no, cause we're going to go over and knock on the door and like two kids are going to answer. And they'll be like, are your parents home? And they're like, Yes. But they can't come to the door right now, and I'll be like, "What the fuck is going on?" All right, I know this is some Peter Pan shit. Look, I'm not even going to call the cops on you. Just pick up after your fucking. So dog. you gotta
1: go go at night, <laughs> like during dinner time, like right before or right <laughs> after dinner time, because if there if it is a regular family, that's the best time to get parents.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You know, because they wouldn't be at work. Right, and if you see a very tall parent. That looks like it has a child's face.
0: and If you hear
1: giggling from under the house coat, you got to try to get them to walk or something and see if they wiggle. And then, you know, it's more than one kid in a coat.
0: If his hand is a broom with a glove on the end of it, <laughs> you know that this is bullshit.
1: You also can like engage in a conversation that someone over the only, only someone over the age of 20 would know. You know so, what I mean?
0: So, uh, you remember 9-11? Where yeah. were you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that That's what that was your go-to. I was thinking something more pop culture based. But yeah, sure. 9-11. Jump right in there. Whether that's a kid or an adult, that'll be a great conversation to have on their porch during meeting them for the first time to break the ice about, please stop having your dog shit on my lawn. <laughs> 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 he closes the door and he's like, honey. I just met that guy who put the shit on our door. I'm pretty sure he's a nine eleven conspiracy.
0: <laughs> it wasn't on his door. It was it was next it was like it was next to a pile of shit at the bottom of his steps that they had left. <laughs> it was just kind of like a reminder of like, hey, you see the shit at the bottom of your steps? Here's the other shit that goes with it.
1: Please. What kind of dog do they
0: have? It's a little puggle. It's cute. I met him. The dog's cute. Make make some sort
1: of um constipation cookies for the dog.
0: Oh, yeah
1: problem solved regardless of whether there's children or adults in the house <laughs> <laughs> that's my my serious answer would be go say hi bring some cookies introduce yourself and then after that it's free rain to yeah. be like a, a separate time hey i noticed this would you mind you know i hate and i always be like the first time i'm like i hate to be a pain but you know i have a baby and they're playing out there would you mind at least just keep that one area clean? I'm happy to give you bags no, or whatever. It's the whole need.
0: area. There is no, there is no, no budging that. Keep the whole fucking area clean. This is a shared space. And the, shared, renters, I mean, the shared space. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah, part yeah.
1: of their lawn. That's not shared space. right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well sh- shared with somebody else. Go fuck on poop on there. Yeah, the, I don't shit.
1: give a shit. You know, I don't know if there are kids playing in their shit, but you go shit on their side.
0: Yeah. Um, but they're also renters. So like if it worse gets to worse, I'll just go to the management company and be like, they're terrible. Make them pack up and get them out of here.
1: The manager's gonna be like, did you talk to them about it?
0: Be <laughs> <Yeah>, like, <laughs> okay, it's really complicated. You remember nine eleven? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the manager's gonna be like, Well, the problem is it's it's not rent control exactly, but it's really hard to evict. 10 seven-year-olds from a house so i gotta see my legal rights here
0: <laughs> right if it exactly. was a whole
1: family like a regular family a conventional family i put them out on the street no problem but the fact that there's no grown-ups in that house makes things a little more complicated
0: i'm gonna have to look up uh pippi longstocking versus the state of california and uh her dad was a pirate so it was fucked up uh, <laughs> The boxcar children versus New Mexico. It's, uh, you know, there's some precedent here, but um, are they solving any mysteries? Cause that really doesn't bode well for you if they are.
1: <laughs> when you started saying it was a dog shit related problem. I was like, Oh, that's kind of boring. I was hoping it would be something more interesting, but now I'm intrigued by the possible vampire possible. No parent situation. I'm yeah, hoping it's one of those.
0: I That's what I'm thinking. And like, yeah, I already don't like them. I mean, just the fact that they turn on their porch <laughs> lot at night, where I'm, when I'm trying to sit out on my porch and it's just like a blindingly bright light next door. Hate that. So now I'm gonna have to like put a lattice or something. Like, just like ugh, they're not winning. Sorry, dude. I know you're listening because you got the pog, but like, <laughs> you're just. I haven't even met you, and I already think you're an asshole. So let's fix that. Let's work on that.
1: I think you don't think that pog ended up in your recycling bin too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wrapped in a dog dirt. He used it to pick up dog shit and flick it towards my How recycling. Awesome.
1: How awesomely passive aggressive would that be if the next time you went into that shared space, there was a big old pile of dog shit with just a pog sticking at the top, <laughs> like a fancy cracker and a dessert at a restaurant?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the wafer
1: on a shit yeah, Sunday. That's what it is. <laughs> oh,
0: brilliant. Jesus Christ. So yeah, I hope, hopefully that resolves. And hopefully my kid isn't like, look, daddy, Tootsie roll. And I'm like, great. Thanks. Cool. Thanks kid. I
1: can't (laughs) wait to see the, the, uh, promo art for this, for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I I know we're going to talk about other stuff, but like,
0: (laughs) yeah, well, let's talk about some other stuff. You made me read a comic book. You were like, Hey, I read this comic book. You want to read it? And I was like, okay. So I rushed through and tried to read it. Um, I, I I've gone digital with my comic books for the most part, unless it's like a trade that I can get all at once. Um, and I guess they just released a trade paperback like this. Uh, yeah. Literally month. this week. Um, I don't like to collect single issues of anything. Uh, but this is Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. The last Ronin. Cool. Ooh, look at that. ronin has got the got big the old book cover.
1: It's good. It's, uh, it's uh, so I read I read a little bit about it. Tom Waltz, Iso and Isaac Escorza, Ben Bishop, Kevin Eastman, who we've had on, show. on the show, Ben yeah. Bishop, Antonio Delgado. Um, it's a it's it's apparently like not apparently it is the last Ninja Turtle story, right? It's the Dark Knight Returns of Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah, it's Old Man Logan of Ninja Turtles. And I guess in the in
1: the afterword, which is written by, Ke- in this book, which is written by, and if you can't see me, I'm holding up the hardcover. Uh, it's written by Kevin Eastman. And he says that him and Peter Laird, when they were writing Ninja Turtles and they were doing a regular comic, they once supposed like, okay, what's the last story going to be? Where Where would this be in 30 years? And they kind of wrote a bunch of notes and an outline, I guess, of a story. I don't, it doesn't say how detailed it was. But then later, it says that, I think it's Tom Waltz, who is a Ninja Turtle alum from other stuff, I think, he and Kevin Eastman kind of got together. Yeah, Tom Waltz. They got together and were like, hey, let's let's write the last story. What would that be like? And Kevin Eastman was like, well, I already have this, you know, essentially like a treatment. And it looks like they kind of went through that, discussed that. And then Eastman and uh, Waltz kind of put their finalized spin on it and actually you know and actually wrote it wrote it and the the art is by three or four different artists there's a now story there's a flashback story and then there's like a different type of flashback story and each is done by a different artist which is a kind i think a kind of a cool visual it shows you you know you know at any given time what where you are based on how the art looks which is you know something we've seen done before but it's still pretty fun i
0: I will say this um I don't know if this is true, but I want to say that this comic series has the most variant covers ever of any comic series It has ever. a shit ton uh, of covers. The first book, the from book one had 78 different variants and I'm looking at the book five now and there's like three pages of variant covers that I'm just like, okay, well, you know, Hey, cool. If that gets people to buy it. Great.
1: The hardcover has a bunch in the end, but not all of them. And I think, when they did Dark Knight 3, uh yeah. they released a hard cover that was just all the variants in one co- in one book, which yeah. I think is beautiful. I I I like I just like that whole world the design of Dark Knight returns. Um but maybe they'll do something like that with this where you can have all the variant covers cuz some of them are badass, some of them are pretty cool.
0: Some of them are badass. Here's my thing though is like I am not like variant covers don't don't do it I, I i don't care like i just don't care like the content inside is that the same great the cover doesn't matter to me some covers are cooler than others and sometimes i'm like eh, i wish i had that cover but i'm not like hunting it down I just
1: as a collector I, you mean like which one you're gonna get
0: yeah i don't care i don't care about i agree with that
1: although i would if it was a character or a series i liked, like i like this book i thought this was a fun book if they released a hardcover or trade that had all the covers in it i would get it just because I like to see like, like for the dark Knight to get and use that example. It's like, let me see what Kelly Jones wants this to look like. Let me see what Dave Gibbons wants this to look like. Let me see what Amanda Connor wants this to look like. You know, it's pretty cool to look at all different interpretations of the same character or the same property. I'm not going to collect it. I agree with you. I'm not going to chase things down. Yeah. Um, I guess unless it has a sentimental value, which it really for a single issue of a comic, it probably doesn't. Uh, probably
0: uh, not. I mean, and and you know, I I know it's a good tool for sales. I know that 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 people like that, but right, right. For for me, it's just kind of like, oh, that one is only available at Walmart or whatever. Well, if I'm not at Walmart, then I don't get it, and that's fine with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's cool to see, but I don't. I'm not going to chase them.
0: No, I I hope they keep doing it because I do think it gives like cool artists the chance to do cool stuff um and that's always fun you know i like I, like you said I, I do like to see um like what what simon bisley would do for the cover of this which yeah they have, yeah, yeah they have a, they have a couple I like simon bisley's and you know they have a, they have a bunch justin roiland did one i saw that yeah that's kind of cool you know? at
1: least i don't know how many he did but there's one of his in the book
0: but that's fun um but this series uh like you said, it's kind of the last Ninja turtle story and um, set like way in the future. And um, there's only, as the the title suggests, there's one turtle left. And I like in the first book that they kind of play it as a mystery because he has all the weapons. He's got the bow staff. He's got a katana and he's wearing
1: a black mask, a black bandana.
0: And uh, he's beat the fuck up. He is definitely, um, he is definitely dark Knight returns level grizzled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and like he's that he's big. He's big. He's muscular. Yeah, I I love the look of it. Um, I I like that there's a mystery, but at the end of the first book, I guess, um, they reveal who it is. Should we should we spoil it, Rumi? Should yeah,
1: spoiler coming. But and now to preface that, I when this book was coming out, because you and I know Ben Bishop, we know Kevin Eastman, yeah, you know through the show all their social media was all about it. And I was purposely not looking into it because I wanted to read it. And I understood that this was a mystery. I was bummed when in the first issue, they told the mystery. I had heard it previous to that and I thought it was a bigger reveal, but it's revealed in the end of the first issue. So it really isn't that big of a spoiler, but it is a spoiler.
0: It is. uh, It's Michelangelo. Ha ha. The party dude, the fun loving party guy is the grizzled fucking last turtle alive. And then you're like, it's cool. It does it does do a cool thing cuz like I I assumed it was Leonardo or Raphael or something like that. You never think you never think it's going to be Ringo, right? You never think yeah, you it's going to be You think he would
1: be the first one that got killed yeah. to create this situation, right? Yeah,
0: him being a goofball and then he like dies. So, you know, he's avenging his brother's death and it is that part of the story is really cool. And to see his maturity of that, and he's being pl- haunted by their ghosts. Like literally, they talk to him and mm-hmm. he has arguments with them and arguments about Splinter and, and you know, what he's trying to do. And the whole thing is about, um, you know, him trying to get revenge on Splinter on, for, for their deaths uh, with Shredder's grandson. Right. Which is pretty cool. Pretty cool, pretty cool setup. And the, and, the world's and- very futuristic, which I like. Do
1: you have you read a lot of Ninja Turtles?
0: Uh I wouldn't say a lot, but I read yeah. I read the original like compendium of like the first compendium that's yeah. like the, the original, original wackiness, um, which is pretty fun. And then I read uh the first trade of like the reboot that they did mm-hmm. re- recently, like within the past five years. And then I read this.
1: Yeah, see, I've read a handful of books here and there spotted. For the interviews and stuff that we did with Eastman and Bishop, we I read, you know, whatever's current at the time. I read a couple things here and there, but I don't know a lot about the most recent stuff, which ostensibly this book is a, you know, sequel, sequel, sequel of. Yeah. I know who Split, uh, Shredder's daughter is. I know that she was supposed to be honorable and that she was not bad for a while, but then she did turn bad.
0: The Electro really knockoff?
1: Yeah. I don't really know what happened with that, but like this book is pretty cool because you can read it pretty cold. Um, I mean, you could read it really without even knowing who the Ninja Turtles are. But if you know what what I know, which is just the basic gist of what they do, it doesn't matter if you don't know the intricacies of anything. Anything you need to know, they kind of do a good, I think, a really good job of explaining it and kind of bringing you into the continuity. Like there was a whole big war, but if you don't know about that, just know that this guy went after this guy and this happens. You're like, okay, I, I get that, and it works.
0: And I, I like that the um, you know the future world feels um, very well put together. Like it's a cool like dystopian future, uh, mm-hmm. kind of Blade Runner y with a like ninja vibe. Um, I like, I like the um, has this kind of like cinematic urgency to it, where like he is desperate to like finish this and get revenge. That's a good way to
1: describe it.
0: Everyone else who's involved, like um, Casey Jones's daughter and April O'Neill is involved. And she's like, she's like a badass, grizzled person. And Baxter Stockman, um, is a, is one of the villains. Um, they're all side plots of like trying to like shut down the mainframe so he can get in, you know, it's, it's, it's in star Wars. It's the, we got to shut down the the reactor so that the shield, yeah, yeah. The shield generator on shield generator. So, so like that kind of urgency of like, we got to get this shit done so that, the mission can continue um it's fun and it's it's well done sometimes it doesn't it doesn't really translate in comics when you try to do like side mission stuff like that but like i said this feels very cinematic and and done well um i love the ghosts the ninja turtle ghosts talking to mikey that's really cool um and just if the art's good too i really like the art well for the cinematic
1: urgency that you said and i i really like this there's a the whole first issue essentially is um, action. It's essentially a huge action scene for almost the entire issue. I would say at least seven, the first 75% of the issue is action. And he, Michelangelo, we don't know him yet that it's Michelangelo, but the last Ronin, he is trying to infiltrate this building. He's trying to assault this building. And you really do like the storytelling, both um, the narrative as well as the art itself really does roll from one panel to the next one page to the next. And you feel like you're running across rooftops with him and tumbling through there's explosions and he's jumping through windows and he's fighting. And it really does feel like he walks into a room filled with guys and just boom, boom, boom pinball bounces from one to the next till he's through that room. And it does do a good job of keeping it fast paced. Like it does feel like you are in the middle of that battle. And then later, there's plenty of other action scenes, too, as well as a huge climactic battle. There's actually a huge climactic battle that's very um, Saving Private Ryan-esque for a minute. And then it turns into him versus Shredder's grandson. And that battle, even though I feel like the Shredder, you know, the new Shredder character is kind of underdeveloped, unless in previous books people know who they are, maybe he, they know who they are and I don't. But he's pretty book,
0: archetypal, he kinda, though. Like, he's yeah, like, he doesn't
1: really do anything except be I'm like, I'm sh- Dr. Doom.
0: Yeah, I'm in the shadow of my father, but I'm going to take his legacy and and put on the armor and kick some ass. All right. But it like, was yeah. one of those like, yeah. okay,
1: how I don't know anything about how you're fighting based on this book. Like, would Michelangelo mop the floor with you or would it be a good fight? You don't really know. But then he in the last fight, he breaks out in this armor and Michelangelo is explaining to us how the armor is tough to fight. So you're like, okay, I get it and that battle goes on for most of that issue and it's a good fight and again i feel like it's really doing a good job like you said cinematically of walking us through not walking running us through that fight bringing us rolling us there's a lot of falling out of buildings in this did you notice that yeah like yeah, multiple lots. falling out of building
0: um yeah the final fight goes on for at least 17 pages mm. like it's huge and no, it doesn't they,
1: feel bad it it feels like i'm interested in it it's good sometimes you read a fight And for me, it's just like too much. It's the same as too much dialogue. You just like, look at it, look at it, look at it. But you're not really absorbing what's happening in the panel. You're just like, okay, he's punching him. He's grabbing him. This is a pretty good fight. And there's a couple different stages. I liked it. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah. 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 Especially like you said, when they're like, they're in the, so like one point they're in a building, they fall off the building, they get kicked off a different building. They're fighting in the sewers. They go through the ground. Like they get washed out to the ocean. Like it's cool.
1: It's 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 fun. It's well done and it's a good fight. And I think it was one of those books you kind of reading it, and spoiler alert, you kind of feel like he's going to die at the end. Numerous times the entire series, he's saying it's a suicide mission. So you're kind of gearing up for that. But I I think even though it was a foregone conclusion, it still worked. It didn't like when at the end, we've all read that book where the guy, you know, the hero uh, expires at the end. You're like, I know, I know, I know. I didn't feel like that. I was like, okay, this is a fitting ending. It works it's poetic and what it is and it fits.
0: But then it has hope afterwards. You have mm-hmm. April O'Neil and her daughter, Casey Jones, O'Neil Jones, Casey, Casey Jones, Marie daughter, Jones. Yeah. Casey Mary Jones. Um, She's being trained as a ninja. And at the end, um, April and Casey are uh mutagening some, some new turtles. So they're going to make more Ninja Turtles. Good for them. Hooray.
1: Um, this book, if you guys haven't read it, it's good. And it's, it's, they do a good amount of like grabbing from the old Ninja Turtle lore. So there's like a fugitoid callback. I there's love that. Yeah. Of, yeah Fug- fugitoid plays a big
0: part in it. Yeah. I like it the works. And this, that
1: stuff works. Like when that happens, it works. It's not like, uh, oh, you're just pandering at no point did I feel like it was pandering. And they did a lot of um, Easter eggs and callbacks and nods to different movies and books, star Wars, nightfall was in there there was a i will break you thing there's a lot of direct comparisons to dark knight returns um and they i think they in the in the forward or maybe the afterward they thank frank miller specifically as well as some other people but we know that frank miller was a heavy 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 influence on the first one uh first ninja turtles as well but um baxter stockman's in there
0: that's like a cyborg dude yeah that was cool yep. Pretty comes yeah, looks yeah, like, like a
1: zombie cyborg. Yeah, right? it comes
0: back all freddied out. It looks awesome. Um, Pretty cool. Here's what I got. I got a question. This is an aside. If you got to make four new mutated d- turtles, would you name them like after Renaissance figures again, or like you have four slots to fill? What What are you calling them? Banksy.
1: <laughs> Zuckerberg.
0: <laughs> no,
1: that would be good. Zuckerberg, Musk, who's the uh Amazon Prime guy? Let's just call him Prime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bezos. Yeah. Oh god.
1: Um, I would keep it as a four um I don't think I do painters. I might try to do contemporary artists if I thought that gimmick would work. Otherwise, I think I would definitely keep it a a quartet quadruplet of of something that made sense together. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I would too. Like, you know, is it a Spielberg, Kubrick, you know, start so naming them directors, or do you have like... Is That'd it be cool. Freddie, Jason, Pinhead, and Michael?
1: <laughs> two on the nose and two evil. <laughs> I like the directors. <laughs> the directors would be pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um, Basquiat, Georgia O'Keeffe.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Georgia, the Ninja Turtle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> very gonic art related <laughs> well this book goes
1: into two things and i kind of wish they'd teased it more and then explored it better but they just kind of throw both of them on the table they talk about how uh mikey's mutation is enhancing him the older he gets so he's aging slower and healing faster and getting stronger as he grows. And as he ages, which I think is very interesting, but they just kind of like say it in two throwaway lines. It's not really, you know, there should have been a thing where Mikey's like, I'm I'm getting older, but I almost feel better. You know, he's always got his ass kicked, but he doesn't complain about being old or tired. Like that was a big thing in dark Knight returns. He's always like, you know, my knees are popping and I'm, I'm a slow old man. Michelangelo doesn't really do that in this. It would have been cool if he was questioning, why do I feel so good? Whatever. And then April says, I've done some tests and your your, your, mute, your mutation is evolving. It's enhancing.
0: Well, and they get into some weird shit about the mutation. Like um, Casey, the daughter, mm-hmm. has some sort of mutation thing going on just because her parents were around the Ninja Turtles. They're like, wait, are they radioactive now? Like, what right. is and happening? they just
1: say that and they say it twice and they don't explain it more do, than that. And it's cool, but like, tell me with- more. I honestly <laughs> thought that's where we were going for a second. There, I was like, "Wait, is Michelangelo her father?"
0: What? Um, no, they, it's that's a little flimsy. But I, again, I don't care. It's a comic. book. It was book cool. Which- it was
1: an interesting thing. I just wish they did. And it could be comic book logic. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be real science. Captain America getting frozen in ice and surviving. Sure, like,
0: right, exactly. Make
1: make it sound make it sound okay, and I would have bought it. You know, but like they just were like, yeah we were around you guys so long that my daughter now has super strength. And you're like,
0: well, and, and they do I'm this not thing. No scientist, but they do this thing in the later issues where, um, like every conversation has to get like ramped up to 11 or like, they're just, <laughs> ah! everybody's yelling at each other. Why didn't you tell me? And she's like, I was trying to, but I didn't get a chance. Ah! And everybody's yelling. And you're like, why are you guys yelling? Why is this? A school? It's like, Oh, cause that's, that's drama these days. That's how we, that's how we get drama into the situation.
1: Um, there's a lot of naked Michelangelo in this book, <laughs> just like standing there naked. Like when he's not fighting, he's like literally naked. He's got nothing on. And it was like kind of awkward for me to read that. And I was, then I started thinking about it and I was said to myself, like, well, what would you have him wear? And I was like, I don't know, like clothes or shirt. Or and I was like, we grew up with them naked. All they had on was belts and, and knee pads and iPads. And eye I eye, eye bandana.
0: Well, the problem is when we first meet him, he has like a ninja costume on with pants. So suddenly when the <laughs> pants are gone, it's like,
1: <laughs> well, you're right. Cause you, right because you you are introducing me to him with pants. Yeah. So when he doesn't have pants on, they're missing. If you just yes. did like, we grew up, that's what you're saying. You're right. You're right. Well, we grew up with them without pants, but they weren't missing. Cause we didn't see them in pants. Even when they went to go see a movie in a trench coat, they still had on no pants, which should be creepy, <laughs> right? Anytime you see a trench coat with no clothes on underneath, it's supposed to be sleeves.
0: Yeah, P- Pee-wee Herman's like, hey, that's hey, this is he. look, I'm not the only guy.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that am- was weird. And also the way they drew his eyes. What did you think about the way they drew his eyes?
0: I like blank eyes, but they're blank all the time.
1: And But they're little blank circles, which is, I think, what got me. They're not like the Batman triangles.
0: Except when he has the mask on, when he has the mask right. on, they're like triangles. But like
1: when he but, just has regular eyes, you know what they remind me of? Bato in Ghost in the Shell.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He does now, look I like couldn't. Bato.
1: I thought that like issue one, and then I could not get it out of my head. That's
0: Bato. Um. Yeah, I, I can see that. They um doesn't bother me again. It's a, It's at least they were consistent.
1: It didn't bother um, me. It was. It was interesting. They just made, I just was like, those are cyber enhanced dice.
0: I love the Fugitoid callback. He's, they, they do a cool thing with him. Um, Baxter Stockman is like a Terminator character, Is really cool. Um, and when he dies, uh, I love the art on these like four panels because like he's absorbing all this power, uh, overloading, and then he like shatters. And I was like, that's fucking cool. It's, mm-hmm. it's well done art. Really, really cool, cool drawing, uh, neat scene. Um, and then like, yeah, he's training. Casey Jones' daughter to be the new, the next like generation of ninjas, which that's cool. That's a cool setup. So she's the the Carrie Kelly Robin. Yeah, exactly.
1: Which is what no, and it's fine. I feel like this is actually a really good book to talk about an homage and talk about nods to something without being overtly stealing. Like clearly, it is heavily, 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 heavily influenced by Dark Knight Returns, right? But I feel like we've all read other books that are essentially just Dark Knight Returns, but with their character. I didn't think that's what this was. Uh, I think it obviously took a lot from it, but it was like, let's take that idea and translate it into Ninja Turtle world. And I think that worked really well. So I think this is like a great idea, a great example of an homage. What do you think?
0: I, I mean, I it, because Ninja Turtles was always kind of a parody of its in his own right, and then gets mm-hmm. taken really seriously. Like, I put it on par with like Invincible in that right where it get, gets to do its own thing, but mm. still like borrow whatever it wants um, and be super unique in that sense. Like there's an entire thing about them, um, uh, them in Japan for a minute, like this like flashback, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting because it, it has some cool like uh, pretty gory moments of like Splinter kicking ass in, in this flashback cutting Um, a guy's head in half and we we see it from behind the head that's cool yeah um, and I I thought that was pretty pretty interesting but you know it shows you know the flashbacks serve to show like how the Ninja Turtles die you know bit by bit and who gets you know how how we got to this point which I thought it was a cool way to handle it Um, it kept the intrigue going throughout the rest of the series like now that we know this is Michelangelo well how did everybody else fucking die And and they kind of they kind of lay that out, which I thought was a a good way to do it.
1: I just wish it was storytelling wise done the opposite. I wish we don't know. And I there's there's devices and plot elements that wouldn't have worked as is if you do it the way I'm about to describe. So I understand that that's not what they were doing, but it would have been cool if you didn't know who it you didn't know it was Michelangelo to the end. But then you peppered in the breadcrumbs throughout the story of how each turtle died. Like the first turtle we see die is Raphael. So, like, I think that's like issue two or issue three. If you see that, then you're like, okay, so I know Raphael is probably not the last mute, the last Ronin. Then later on, you could see Donatello dying. You're like, okay, so I know it's not Donatello. You know, I think that would have been a slightly more intriguing way to do it than the opposite way around. But that's just me and my preference, I guess. It still was really cool.
0: No, yeah, because you could do this, like, okay. Check check the list down. I know it's not Raphael because I just watched him die. But who the fuck is it? Like I think I think that would be. Uh, you're right. I agree that that would be the way to go. Um, But like everybody's fucked up. April's missing a leg. She's missing an arm. She has robot arms. Like everybody is just. Casey dies
1: with Leonardo, so Casey's dead.
0: Yeah, like it's very interesting. Leon, uh, Raphael dies like peppered with arrows. He's got arrows all up in.
1: Yeah, him. that's really cool. He looks awesome.
0: And he dies um almost killing a Karai. Yeah.
1: Who Spencer's, is uh, Shredder's daughter.
0: Shredder's daughter, yeah. Um which I thought was cool. Yeah. Uh and then like, you know, Eastman gets in there with some some a couple pages for the flashbacks. Like Mikey's they draw flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, they draw some flashbacks of their own, which is cool. Um, I just I think they did a great job. I
1: any, any standout
0: scenes for you? Uh, like I mentioned, I really like, I I like the Baxter Stockman stuff. Um, he's not a fly, which is always a little bit of a bummer for me when Baxter Stockman (laughs) is,
1: um,
0: (laughs) a normal dude, um, which is always a bummer. Yeah. Just some guy. Uh, but he's a cyborg in this. So that's cool. I guess, I guess if he can't be a fly, then I'll take cyborg man. Um, I like how he dies. Uh, I like the first issue a lot. Uh, just the setup is cool and really hooks you. Um, and then I think the the final battle, again, uh, lots of good action. Uh, some, of, some of the scenes in the middle have a lot of exposition, like some of the flashback, you're like, eh, I don't really care about that, but that's fine.
1: Um, I like at the end of the first issue, he's about to, uh, uh, Michelangelo Last Ronin is about to commit Seppuku. And I thought that was cool. Like I thought that was a scene that had a lot of gravity. You know, he lay for 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 you guys who don't know, that's like ritual suicide for a samurai. And it is a way to maintain or salvage honor. And the whole first issue is Michelangelo trying to raid this bad guy's tower and kill him. And he ends up getting knocked out the window and falling almost to his death. But then he's okay. He crawls back down to the sewer and he's like, my mission failed. I can't do this. I was unsuccessful. The only, I can't die just from my injuries. If I die from my injuries, that's without honor. So he puts all of the four Ninja Turtle weapons in front of him, all four bandanas. He stretches across them and he takes Leonardo's broken sword. And he's about to commit seppuku which is Harry Carey and uh, Casey Jones. They're
0: different. I had to look all this shit up on set one What's day cuz it's different. Okay. It is. There is there is a difference and it's it's a level of ritualism. One of them and and here's the thing, I looked it up but I can't tell you what it is. I totally forgot. One of them is a <laughs> ritualistic is like more ritualistic and more of a um like like an uh, like um for higher class. And one of them it's the same fucking thing, but one of them is like you just oh, go okay. and do it. Like if, again, I could be wrong, but like you say seppuku is like something that a samurai does to regain honor and it's part of like a ceremony, whereas Harry Carey is like, oh, he just offed himself and it still has a level of honor, but it's it's a lower class thing. It's like a it's oh, okay. like a, it's a different class of it. Um again, I don't know which is which at this point because I forgot, but we were on set one day and everybody was talking about Harry Carey and seppuku, and we had <laughs> to look it up.
1: And got half the answers. Good job. (laughs) Well, we
0: we had the answer. We got the
1: gist of the difference.
0: We got the gist of the difference and couldn't remember, couldn't bring it home.
1: (laughs) I think it's a really good scene. It happens real quick. And it's like, to me, we've now seen the last run in this first issue, kill a bunch of, uh, I guess they're robots mostly. But like, we know this is serious. It's not, you know, Cowabunga. Although I think a Cowabunga somewhere would have been cool as a throwback. But maybe that was maybe if they did that, I would have said it was pandering, which I don't think this book did. So that's good. But uh, that scene I, just hit me. I was like, wow, fuck, we're we're getting serious here. And he's almost about to do it.
0: I do think it's funny that uh, you don't think it's pandering yet. They have like fugitoid in there and you're not like, oh, it's like, a." they might as well just put a blockbuster in there and play sweet home Alabama while they're doing it.
1: Oh, I just God. talked about that to my friend the other day and she was like, wait, they did do that. And I was like, yeah. And why did they do that? And there she was like, No reason. They just wanted us to like the music. I was like,
0: yes. There's nothing wrong with wanting people to like the music. I hate that music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but like in this Fugitoid, like that made sense. Like I'm trying, now I'm trying to think of another book that I've read Um, Daredevil End of Days. Did you ever read that? No. It's like Dark Knight Returns, but for Daredevil, and it's pretty good. And in that, um, there's, uh, Ben Yurick is trying to solve, I think it's Ben Uric is trying to solve a, Uric, to solve a mystery of wh- who killed Daredevil and why, or how did Daredevil die? And there's a new Daredevil and what's going on. There's a mystery there. And he's going back and interviewing different villains and stuff. And there is some fun Daredevil callbacks, but it makes sense. Like it makes sense how that character would, as, you know, ascend to that level or why, why is Electra a soccer mom now? You know, like that kind of stuff. Fugitoid, I felt was like that because, like, obviously, fugitoid is their, you know, cyborg and I think isn't what is? I guess he's a cy, sci- well, he's got a human consciousness or an alien consciousness, right? But whatever, cyborg android robot. Of course, you would need him to patch into the mainframe of Baxter Stockman's blah 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 blah. Okay, that makes sense. I'm I'm on board for that. That makes sense. Um, Casey Jones has a, or Casey Jones had a daughter, who you know is now the new Casey Jones. Okay, that that makes sense. I get that. And I thought they handled it well, you know.
0: I, I would have liked a cowabunga or at least eat some pizza. I don't know. They do show would some it, pizza yeah. though. They show a few pizzas. Um and then
1: there's yeah. a fart joke at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I, yeah, it was good. I haven't read a comic book in a long time, so I was really happy to um sit down and 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 read this. This was fun. Thanks for it was a fun
1: read. Like I, I was reading it for pleasure, and then you and I talked earlier this week. Like, hey, what do you want to do? I said, how about? I said I'm reading the last Ronan. It's pretty fun. You want to jump in on that? And you were like, yeah. So then it became like homework. But it was like there are times that we do something, and I'm just trying to get it done in time for the show. Even if I enjoy it, I'm still thinking yeah. it's homework first. But this was fun. This was a good read, and I definitely I will read it again at some point. And I feel like I'll probably, um kind of process and digest a little bit more of the story second read. Same thing with the art. I think I'll kind of get a little bit more of it the next time. You know,
0: How do you like when you read a comic book, here's, mm-hmm. here's my process. I look at all the pictures first. Don't even read the words. I get the, the whole gist.
1: book or each page, or each panel, whole book. I just so look at all the, pictures. Through the entire thing without reading any words.
0: Yeah. I read the, I, I get the gist. I get the gist. Yeah. Cause if I read the words, the pictures would be distracting. So I get the distraction out of the way of all the pictures and then I mm-hmm. go back and read the words. And 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 the pictures are like the subtitles basically at that point. Um cuz I get really I get really annoyed with how comic books like how they're written mm-hmm. and like some are much better than others but like Watchmen is very difficult to read because it is st- yeah. chunks. So once the pictures are out of the way, well now I just have to read this book and that's fine. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys, uh, listeners, uh, do you guys read it that way? No, nobody I mean, does. Let me, probably but... not, but let, it's I I mean, I kind of get that. I, so let me ask you this. When you flip through, let, like, let's like let say for this, you have five issues of a comic to read, right? Do you flip through one issue? Well, you read that you read it as individual issues, not in a collected trade, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I did one, I flip through one, then read the words to one. And then
1: at the same time, or do you flip through it? you know, go to the dishes and come back and read it again? Like, do you separate it? I I try
0: to do it at the same time. Yeah, I try to do it at the same time. But here's here's where it helps. If I'm reading a block of text and I'm like, boy, uh, you lost me, I know what happens. So I know that I'm not losing anything to skip this word bubble and go on to the next page. Oh, I see. So like, I know that by the next, like, if I know because of the pictures, well, I better find out why Fugitoid is there. I better, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: this if, is important. I should focus yeah, on this
0: because because I have the pictures in my mind briefly, precursorly, it just just a little bit of like oh, I have an idea. Wow, oh, Fugitoid's there. Oh, he gets overloaded with power and explodes. Well, I want to find out why he gets overloaded with power and explodes. So I'm going to look for the part where they explain it. If we're getting close to that page and they're not explaining it, and I'm bored with what they're saying, I'm going to skip it and get to the part that tells me what the information Guys, I need. I,
1: I do not do it that way. I think every panel, I probably you know in. I think I try to read before I look at the picture of each panel one at a time. Same and same thing as a macrocosm of the page. But I think sometimes when you hit a certain splash or a certain image, you can't help but go to that image first. But I will read the words on, I think on average, I'll read the words first and then explore the picture. Yeah. Um, even sometimes, like sometimes they use panels. Oh, uh, sorry. They use bubbles. To kind of like tell the narration and a story and you're supposed to read this look at this read this look at this read this look at this in the same panel i'll usually read all the panel, I'll read all the bubbles first and then kind of go back and look at the images
0: um it's the same way i go to a museum like i walk into a room and i'll go look at everything first and then go back and read the things i wanted to learn about um <laughs> whereas like some people in my family um just read everything in order and like, that's
1: what me and my dad do. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I will have gone around the room three times already and be like, okay, ready. I'm done.
1: And I'm imagining when you go around the room, you're going, vroom, vroom, vroom. Make, like making those noises with your mouth. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, no, no. But like, you'll walk around the room, you'll look at the stuff and then you go back and read the things that, that, that give you the information you need. And yeah. Uh,
1: that makes sense.
0: So that's kind of my approach to comics. Because um, again, you, I, I like to absorb the art first because I think the art is the coolest part for me. And then you know, a lot of times the art will tell as much of the story as any of the words will.
1: I guess now that I think of it and Watchmen is a, well, Watchmen is a, a very unique example no matter what, but if I've read a book a couple of times, I will look at pictures first because I know the word, I know the story. So I'll try to see is there something in this frame, in this, in this panel that I didn't see before. And I'll try to dissect that a little bit and then jump into the words. And I'll also, like you said, like if I'm reading a Punisher book, I'm fast forwarding in my mind through the Russian shit because I don't, and the Russian and Manu and stuff like that. I don't, I don't need that stuff. I want to hear the Punisher's narration. I want to hear the Punisher's fighting words and stuff. So I don't need to read all that stuff deeply. So I'll not that I skim it, but I kind of in, in one eye and out the other, you know,
0: <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. Um, yeah, though I haven't read, like I haven't gotten to read a comic in a minute You know, I have a kid and it kind of, sidetracks it but I, I read batman court of owls um in a collection and that was really cool um that was that was a pretty darn good it's not bad right it's fun yeah that was a good one um you know it, it's interesting that batman in comic form has gotten to a point where like everybody wants to like push him to the limit and see where batman can break let's break the bat and like I mean, how many, how many of these have we read where it's like Batman at his right. most stressed out? Is he going to make it? <laughs> what? I like that
1: phrasing Batman at his most stressed out. I would love to see like fucking Frank Miller be like in Daredevil, we pushed uh, in, in, in born again, we pushed Daredevil to the limits but in you know this book that i'm that i'm hyping for we see him at his most stressed out
0: <laughs> well it's
1: like i mean it's like I, tax season and his roof has a leak oh i'm stressed
0: out i'm i'm working my way through the the full like nightfall nights and night you know you know all that oh, stuff okay. yeah um you know the big fat ass compendiums that like just tons and tons and and uh, you know it's funny because the whole thing about that is like Batman he's so stressed out he can't handle it he's exhausted pushed to his limit and then fucking Arkham Asylum breaks open now he's got to catch all the bad guys and again. he's got a cold yeah yeah, and he's sick and then he gets his back broken and you're like oh but Batman and then it's like Court of Owls does the same thing and like <laughs> there's got to be at least three or four other ones that's like I'm so exhausted being Batman let's push him to the limit and it's like oh great
1: I'm so stressed out. I need a massage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then when you think about that, like, and then he has to go up against the Mad Hatter. How annoying. Like, at that point, it's not even like, you know, Scarface, I got to talk to this dummy. Like, this this isn't even dangerous. This is just a sideline of annoyance. This is just
1: taking an hour out of my night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I could be going after the Joker, but I have to fuck around. with Professor Pig. Ugh, ugh, so annoying. Like, can we get a villain that matters here? Like, I got to deal with your stupid ass. Like, oh,
1: I have thought that. And Batman is is the best example, and the one that I've done the most specifically, where like there's times where like, you know, you read the killing joke or you read. It doesn't even have to be like a monumental story, but you read something where he's going up against a Joker. And I think in my mind and my heart, my understanding of both characters, Batman is afraid of the Joker because he can't put him in a box. Like he could put any other guy in a box be like, this is the Riddler's deal. You know, this is Freeze's deal. You can't really figure Joker out. There's no way to anticipate him. And I think that scares Batman because of the, the, the absence of logic, the absence of order there. So I think when Batman is walking into a, a building to find or fight the Joker, I think he's like, fuck, is this going to be the time? But you're right. He never thinks that when he's going against fucking, you know, uh Scarface or who'd you say the Mad Hatter? Like, yeah. he's never like, is this going to be the time? Yeah. he's yeah. like, Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> this fucking guy with his damn puppet or, you know, or it's like, you know, he's like, Oh, I better go stop the Joker. I'll take the shortcut through the sewers. And it's like, hope no killer crocs are down here. Cause that would really waylay me for about 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> and I was usually because Killer Croc, like, you just gotta outsmart him and outfight him, right? Yeah. And Killer Croc has nothing except that he's big. And like, I feel like if you could beat Killer Croc in a fight one time, you could beat him every time, right? Yeah. Because what's what are you worried about? He's you know usually
0: Four pages of sideline fight for no reason. Like you know, you're just like, yeah, all right, well, you know, Killer Croc usually to
1: deal with Hush, but yeah. now Croc is in the way. So, oh, oh,
0: Man Bat's flying around. I'll go take care of him later. Like, like, can you imagine just being like a character that's just uh, on the to do list, like a sub, like a sub check mark? Like, yeah, defeat Scarecrow,
1: first level boss,
0: and catch Man Bat, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, like when you play the video games, I love the Arkham Asylum video games. Those are super fun. But like, that's the sort of thing where it's like, well, right. if I go, like, you know, I got to get Bane and I got to stop Poison Ivy. Those, those are going to be hard fights and those are going to be like a time consuming thing. But like, oh, I gotta see man bat flying around over there. I'll go figure that out later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh,
1: okay. It's a, he's a crazy guy with a knife. I feel like Batman could handle that even if he has a cold and is very stressed out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And he does, as we've seen in Nightfall. He stops that sorority massacre. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. If you are into being a supervillain, if that's your idea, just don't be a checkmark on some superhero's list that's like... Uh, make her go home. Yeah. Go, be, be the main event. <laughs> don't be the undercard. Be the main event.
1: I, now I want to write a Batman comic called Batman Stressed Out.
0: Stressed Out. And it's just and it just, ends with him
1: in a mud bath, but he's just got the cowl on, like he's shirtless in the mud bath with the bat cowl on. And it's a Kelly Jones. I want Kelly Jones to draw it
0: with like cucumbers over his little tri- his little white triangle yeah, triangle
1: triangle cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i love that man that's hilarious um oh man that's good uh i gotta find some more i need to read some more comics i have a bunch of my comicsology sort of uh thing that i'm interested in you
1: know what i want you to do i want you to check out the the new marvel alien stuff and tell me what you think because i'd be interested but we i, talk I read about it, it. I, I bought it oh i thought you didn't read it did I? we do an episode about that and i didn't remember
0: i haven't read it yet i, I bought it oh I got oh
1: it. oh Read it, read it. I'm on the second story now, which is much different than the first, and it's interesting. Um, And the art, you know, it's like Star Wars. How I feel about Star Wars now. It might not be the best, but as long as you're not shitting on stuff, it's new content for something that I enjoy. Go ahead, and it actually it's almost better that it's not mind blowing because it was mind blowing. I need Amanda and Kent and work and working out. I need all that to leave me alone so that I could read it. Right now, it's just fun to do for 20 minutes. So. If I'm going to, you know, getting ready to go to bed and I'm going to conk out, I can just kill a new alien comic and be like, that was fun. And I read an alien adventure. And now I'm tired.
0: I take that back. I did read it. I read it and then gave it to my brother. Um, yeah. Cause it was, it was the guy and his son and mm-hmm. the son was mm-hmm. part of like an eco-terrorist group. That's like, we're going to, yeah, 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 yeah. we're going to free the monkeys and, and it, like.
1: Interesting enough take. Like I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I h- hated the sort of like mind meld that you get if a face huggers on you, that pissed yes, me off. I agree. But but again, they don't harp on it so hard. That isn't like such a main plot point that I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Right, right. Um, I actually didn't mind the um, species queen thing that they pop in there because I'm like, that's kind of a dream. It doesn't have to be real. Sure, uh, yeah. it's kind I, of an- I had
1: the same thing. I was like, that might just be him. Yeah, it's an interpretation.
0: It it's the idea of an in- inevitability that, like, because of all the gene splicing, so that's not too bad. I'm in. I'm on board for that. And it had some cool, cool alien and shit.
1: Salvador Larca art looks pretty good.
0: The art was great. Yeah, I like the art a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm into it. I gotta read some more stuff. I I always get the urge when I look at my um, comicsology library to reread uh the the Alien versus Predator that the original dark horse one because every time i see it i'm like yeah, it's so good and then i like reading the um uh robocop versus terminator is one that i'll always go back to that's fun mm-hmm.
1: i that, i'm due for a reread on that i haven't read that in a while it's
0: good it's really really good um stupid but fun in a great way i love unnecessary crossovers like batman versus predator again like awesome mm-hmm. um i have an idea for one of my own that i would love to like hash out with you one day um and it is predator versus pinhead
1: oh we've talked about i think when we lived together we've talked about this before yeah. i would do that
0: my 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 pitch is it's it's this predator that he's weaker than like a lot of the big predators but he's obsessed with the trophy with the hunt and he hunts serial killers cuz they are obsessed with trophies and the hunt and so it's a predator that hunts like sick individuals who aren't like these big beastly like monsters it's it's he likes he likes the hunt of of like Dextering that shit mm-hmm. um and one day he finds a serial killer who has the puzzle box and the predator cloaked sees pinhead and gets like a huge hard on for it he's <laughs> like i want that head with the, the nails in it like he wants it and so basically he sees it happen and then like is like leave me on earth strand me here like i am I'm, i cannot leave unless i get this thing and figure out what the fuck that was and so his hunting tribe is like fuck you dude you're weird like leaves them there strip him of everything and leaves him there and he becomes obsessed with finding the box and he at the end of the first like it's like a it's like a three issue arc like a, a three trade arc you know mm-hmm. and at the end of the first book he opens the box and goes into hell and sees a whole new world to hunt and then in the second book it's him tormenting pinhead by like knocking off centibites just to piss off pinhead and pinhead Throughout all of this, then suddenly finds out that the overseer of hell, the, 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 you know, there's that, the big thing in the sky is like, he's like, you let this happen. He's like, yeah, because it's causing you pain. And I love it. And so like, (laughs) like, cause like, cause, cause I was trying to get around like, well, if you're in hell, like there's the, the the big floating triangle monster thing, would just know that there's a predator there and like, stop that immediately. No, cause he knows that it's pissing off Pinhead. So they let it happen and i wanted this like final battle in this room full of puzzle boxes and they're just like sliding down i'm like think scrooge mcduck's money pit puzzle boxes and they're fighting in the puzzle boxes and like just all this bitch and shit like i just want all this bitch and shit to like i have one where um the predator finds a room it's like a torture chamber and there's like this buffed out like arnold schwarzenegger motherfucker who's like i've seen you I've seen you in the jungles. I know. I know what you are. And he's like, "Oh shit!" Like the predator has this moment with this like tortured soul, where like he's like, "I recognize you." We were in the jungles of of Belize, man. We shouldn't (laughs) have been there, but like you were out there hunting us in the dark, and the you know some some crazy shit like that. And like just the pinhead becomes obsessed with like. killing him and he becomes obsessed with Pinhead and it turns into like this great like I think it'd be really fun again completely unnecessary and a huge stretch of a crossover but like if done right fucking baller
1: yeah I, I mean I would read that I would I've read worse crossovers, specifically oh, featuring the Predator.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Remember when we did Predator versus everybody? That was a mm-hmm. great episode. Good episode. Hey, you new listeners, if you haven't checked out Predator versus everybody, we have Predator versus Jason Voorhees. We p- hypothesized Predator versus uh, Peter Parker. Wolverine. That, Wolverine. Oh, Peter, such that's good like right.
1: Peter Parker and Matt Murdock yeah. slash yeah. Daredevil and Spidey. And right now, everyone, all the new listeners are like, so Predator versus Rumi? Who's Rumi? Which one is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> which one is really? <laughs> well
0: guys let us know what you've been reading what's your comic book obsession how do you read a comic book do you read it weird i read it backwards and then i draw the pictures myself and then i put the words in and then that's how i, I give it to my kids and then read a grown-up book you assholes <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was reading a novel the other day i was reading white fang and kent came up as a wolf on the front and he was like daddy what book is that He's very into like what book, what song, what movie, what are you watching or reading? What book is that? So it's called White Fang. And I showed it to him. I said, there's no pictures. It's called a novel. It's not a comic book. And he looked at Amanda, my wife, like super proud and was like, mommy, daddy reading, not a comic book. <laughs> and I thought he, like, <laughs> it was like newsworthy to him that i was reading a book that did not have pictures in it. <laughs> not a comic
0: book not a comic book yeah uh, i've been listening to some books i got i got, I got the audible because like i said long commute so i've been listening to some good books
1: do you just mm-hmm. look at both sides of the cd do you use even cd probably not it's digital right yeah, it's do you, like, listen to it and fast forward first just so you get the gist of it, and then you go back and know which conversations you have to pay attention to.
0: Sometimes I'll put it on two speed just so I hear because I'm like, oh, I get it, I get it, they're fighting, do it, and you're like, oh, thanks, chipmunk man, I'm back to regular speed.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a good part,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Let us know if you guys are listening because you found a pog. <laughs> whether it in was mysterious, oh my whether it was mysterious or you were fucking dancing and Rumi threw it in your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were you were dancing and I just made it rain pog Dude, that on was
1: you. one of and like you and I have had plenty of actual adventures that are legit adventures. We've also had plenty of fun ass times together. That night was one of my favorite Rumi memories i'll ever have is you fucking just dancing your ass off at of that oh,
0: man we went nuts it was good times um san diego comic-con next week if you guys are going we will not be there sad tear big big crocodile tears there i'm so bummed but if you are going pick me up something good <laughs> 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 that neca booth damn like that i'm bummed about but you know whatever is what it is <clears throat> anyway hit us up on social media facebook instagram and twitter at launchpadpod and our website launchpadpod.com check out the uh, youtube see our pretty faces check out my new my new jason Voorhees mask that i got up behind me woo, 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 woo. super cool there's a um,
1: bunch of people going to launchpadpodcast.com and they're like that roomy guy lied to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> be careful man you you misspell that domain name and uh, <laughs> you will one of my
1: favorite shitty places. movies is called uh black panther dot no not black panther uh cougar black cougar <laughs> <laughs> and all the dvd says is blackcougar.com and they no longer own that domain <laughs> <laughs> just just say that
0: <laughs> awesome i love that all right Rumi, let's blast this thing on <laughs> And pick up your dog shit, just saying.
1: <laughs> we're looking at you kids who live in a house with no grown-ups.
0: <laughs> all right, we're the Rocketeers and we are out.
1: Ignition sequence start. Six, five,
0: four, three, two, one, three All running. Look We have a look.